This evening, this is our last Wednesday until, until the, the deck uh, party next Wednesday, so pay attention tonight. So you might, might have to have a test or something. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6, please. Hebrews chapter 6. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you know, this, this whole thing. You might try to go to sleep because you go, I know all of that. But what if someone told you you don't know all that? Listen, pay attention, put it in, and do what the Bible says. But the, the, the title of this message is, is God will keep his word to you. See how little excitement there was about that? And, and yet, and yet, that is the main issue that all of us are facing is God keeping his word. So the question is, it's come up a lot for me lately. How about you? Why doesn't, when I went to Texas, it came up. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Why is he not involved in my dreams? Why does he not care? That comes up a lot when, when people are crying out to God and, and it's silence. Uh, but here's the truth. You and I were created to run this kingdom. I was created to run this kingdom. You were created to run this kingdom. And sometimes we get after the details. We get after the small print. You know, the Hebrew means this and the Greek means that. And if you extrapolate this and interpole that, well, you know, whatever. Sometimes you just got to read the headlines and stay on the headlines. God will keep his word to you. Now, I'm telling you, that's a hinge point. That's not like, well, whatever, what else is out there? This is everything. If you knew this and believed this and wouldn't let this go, there's nothing else to know. Because if he keeps his word to you, that means he's going to love you, even when you might be accidentally unlovable. He's going to, when you get into troubles, getting into sin or something, ah, let's not pay any attention to that. Jesus solved the sin problem. I'm just going to keep my word to you. If you know that, you have no troubles. So we're going to go over it a little bit. Hebrews 13, let's look in uh, uh, 6, excuse me, chapter 6, verse 13. That would be better. The other one would preach real good, but we'll stay here. Hallelujah. For when God made promise to Abraham, because... So there's that word, there's that hinge word, that fulcrum right there. Because he could swear by no greater, he took plan B. He swear by himself. Wow. This is a, this is a hefty swear. He said, I, I had such a swear, I had such an oath, I had such a promise to make that that." It was so immutable and ininvocable that I, ha I couldn't find anybody to swear by. I had to go all the way up to me. He said that when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee and multiplying, I will multiply thee. The New Living says uh, since there was no greater to, to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. In the name of God, I promise. In the name of myself. Uh, now, verse 18, we're, we're going to skip through some things to, to just get to stay on the headlines here. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Say it with me. 
it was impossible for God to lie. Now let's say it for uh, present tense. It is impossible for God to lie because what was still is. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So two things. He made a promise of all the things that God could promise. He promised some things. He promised he wouldn't flood the earth. He promised that. Set a rainbow in the sky. He, he could have said, you know, I promised that. And I, I promised by myself. But he went to the headline and he said, there's two things I want everybody to know. And if you know this, you won't ever have any troubles because everything else will fit. Everything will work. Wouldn't it be good if everything fit and everybody worked that you didn't have to go to God or go to somebody and say, I wonder why God doesn't answer my faith, my prayers, my my desires. I wonder why I'm, I'm, I just pray and pray and nothing happens and what that is. They don't know this. I said they don't know this. And if we were to help them, we would tell them, I know what you need to know. God made a promise and then he swore an oath by himself that he would keep his word. I know everybody knows that. I know everybody would get an A plus on their test if that was the question. But he said, I'll do it forever. He said, I'll never flinch. I'll never flitter. I'll never be 99.99% on it. He said, it'll never fail. It'll never flitter. It'll never... It'll never swerve out of control. It'll never, never, never not happen. I will make my promise. Read the book. Read the book. It's not like it's an oral thing. It's not like, well, the forefathers said and the, and the patriarch said and the oral tradition says. It's in the word. You, you read it. And it's in a language that's very explicit, Greek, very detailed. It's not like you can mess it up like English. And he said... I make my promise. It's there for you to read. Stand on anything in the word, anything I've written down, stand on it. And I swear to myself, I will keep my promise. It will never fail. There's no other faith that says that. There's no other faith that even attempts that. None of them. That in the first place, the Muslims don't even promise. It's historical. It's, it's do this. It's, 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 uh, it's uh, instructional. When you, when you boil a calf this way or when you ride a horse that way or when you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not mocking that. I'm just saying they don't make promises because they can't keep them. Verse 18, uh, I read it. It says that by two immutable, the Father and the Word, things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Why? that we might have a strong consolation, an enduring consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So this, this is our faith. The promises of hope are our faith. And if you ever have to sit there and say, that sounds too good to be true. That sounds beyond possible. That sounds impossible. And I've been in some situations where anybody else just walking up and say, buddy, you need to back off that. That's too far. That's too much too far. Get it where God can handle it. Nothing can happen in your situation to bail you out. This this is done. You need to you need to walk back and reload and go another way. And yet 
I can testify. It happened just like he said it would happen. All of us have that. Everybody in the house has that. So the Lord has given us at the new birth the God kind of faith. In Galatians 2.20, it talks about we having the God kind of faith. Uh, uh, Mark 4.22, it says Jesus told his disciples, have the God kind of faith, have the faith of God. So he was telling them it was coming. But in Galatians, it, he tells us at the new birth, it came. So the faith of God, the exact same type and nature of faith that God himself has, who said light be and then said that was good. He put it inside of you and me at the new birth. We're not just changing our mind. We're not just going to heaven. We've got the God kind of faith this day, tomorrow and forever. It's in us. We are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, but we are his spirit. And what he is is what we are. And no different. It's like, well, yeah, but there's a little difference. Well, we got on a body. But we're going to shuck this thing. I'm going up. <laughs> Y'all going up? We're going up. And the word says we're getting new bodies. And won't it be fun? Oh, I'm telling you, won't it be fun? We, we have ne never had the fun that's in front of us yet. So, first of all, it's impossible for God to lie. That is the bedrock of your faith. You have no faith that's based on anything else. Good intentions. Uh, he means well. He tries to take care of us. It cannot fail. Gravity will cease to exist. The sun will be 72 minutes late getting up someday before this promise fails. It is the bedrock of our faith. We know it's impossible for God to lie. It's our future. It's because that's why we have a future. Well, how can you how can you know in days like this? Because he cannot lie. So we just go find the promise that fixes our situation. And we say, God, here's what you said, what you said. This is what you said to me personally. It's me over here, a child of God. I gave my heart to Jesus, got 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 changed on the inside. And you said, I'll never lie to you, son. I'll never lie to you, daughter. I, I will keep my word forever. It's who I am. It's not what I do. It's who I am. And because that's who he is, that's what he does. He doesn't decide to be a certain way. It's who he already is and who he is determines what he does. You could get fired up on this. I, I could see it happening. It says in, in verse 18, it's impossible for him to lie. Let's see. I wrote this down. When you know that, it ends believing. Well, I'm just believing God. Well, you don't know. You go, that's a little touchy. That's a little picky. Yeah, it is. Go ahead and pick it. Go ahead and get it all the way over. Quit being 99.72%. Go ahead and say, he said it. I'm through believing. I have it. Believing is a continual word. It's a, it's a, uh, a uh, future perfect, I think is what that would be, where it's, it is and it's coming. Well, that's what faith is and that's what the promises are, but it's not so much coming. It's here. And so we have it. So I wrote down the, the, the definition of impossible. It's incapable of existing. 
incapable of happening. Something that's impossible is incapable of existing or happening. And that's just not in this realm that we're talking about. There's nothing that's incapable of existing. So you got troubles? You have no troubles. What we need, like R.W. Schombach says, you don't got no troubles, you just need faith in God. Remember him saying that? Well, it's the absolute truth. Hallelujah. Uh, so a lie of God is, a, is an impossible noun or designation. There is no such thing as a lie of God. There's no such thing. It's, it does not exist. A lie of God does not exist. There's not one chance God's word can fail. I mean, well, let's throw it into the absolutes. Let's not get it, you know, well, he's pretty good. He's got a good track record. No, it's impossible that the word of God can fail. It's impossible. It doesn't exist. It's not even in the language or in the, the atmosphere of describing who he is and what he does and what he has for us. Uh, but there's a lot of skeptics out and we were all skeptics at one time when we were just getting into this and they said, Hey, if you'll get this Jesus going for you, you can go to heaven. We said, Hey, that's a good deal. What's the downside? No downside. All you got to do is just fess up that you, uh, you want him to come into your heart and it's over. You got to jump in the pool. They'll help you do that and get you out and dry you off and send you home. And that's kind of how a lot of things go, but it's so much more. That's not even it. And even to talk about it in those terms belittles and belies the magnificence and the extraordinariness of what he has done and what has happened and the promise he has made, made to me, made to you, and how he looked us in the eye in that promise. And he said, I will never fail you. I will never fail you. It will always be what I said it would be, and it will not be different than that. Now, if you, if you had that eyeball look at God or the Lord Jesus, however you want to say it, you might be a little bit more constrained, but it's never going to happen because a better witness than even him staring you in the eye saying, I will always keep my word, son. He put it in the word and he said, it's impossible for me to lie. This is a more powerful witness than to having the Lord Jesus come through the door and look you in the eye and say, I told you I wouldn't and I won't. That's a, that's a, that's a lesser witness because there's, there's apparitions, there's demons, there's angels of light, there's all that stuff. But nothing takes the place of the word. So if we'll look at the word and, and have a perspective of this is truth, this is reality, this is me. We have no troubles. You'll spend all your time going out fixing other people's troubles. Because you don't have any troubles. Wouldn't that be different for the Christian community? Hallelujah. But God has no motive to lie. He's inside of me. He's inside of you. Why would he lie to some, somewhere where, and pollute his own space? D did you get that? Why would he come into us and then pollute with a lie, which is so contrary to who he is and who he's made us? Why would he do that? He doesn't let heaven get polluted. There's no sinners. There's no unrighteousness. There's no liars or thieves in heaven. 
And when he's in us, it's the same. So he wouldn't lie in heaven and he won't lie in us. Romans chapter four, please. We're making a turn at River Church right now toward healing. Not, not that we're just saying, I wonder about that. But we're going to start coming at it. And we're going to be a witness and a light in our community. And we're going to heal the sick. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to get ourselves healed. And we're going to heal the sick. And we're not waiting on one and then the other. We're not going to see if it works. We're not going to experiment. Verse 17, there's so much here in chapter 4, but we're just going to have to go on and because uh, it's uh, midweek. Uh, verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee. Okay, what about that? That's the first part. What just happened? As it is written, I have made thee. That means now it is done. So when the Lord writes it in his word and said, I wrote it for you, I wrote it to you. He is saying it is done. Well, I'm reading this word and I'm going to believe God and see what happens. It is done. It is done. He wrote it in the word and it is done. God answers every question in life in the word. There is no untied ends. There's no loose hanging cords. He answers everything. So if you got a trouble, he's answered it. Amen. Amen. We got time for amens tonight. Hallelujah. So we, we just find our trouble, discover that and say, this is contrary. This is contrary to the word. And so we go to the word and say, this is what is contrary to my situation. It hurts or they say it's this or it's going to be that or my money is this or whatever. And we go find the promise, the promise that he said, I will give you and I will never lie. I will never flinch. What it says is what it is. You can lie about it, but the truth is there. And so. We have the answer. We have the answer. I have the answer. Say it. I have the answer. We it's like, I wish I had the answer to that. We do have the answer. We do have the answer. The answer is here. It is now. It is available. There's no qualifying. Well, I just need to be acting a little better. I said some no-no words the other day, so it's going to be a week or two before I can go to God. You can hardly imagine how many people think exactly like that. But the answer's here, and there's no qualifying. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. If you're not righteous, if you're not qualified when you're the righteousness of God... What is going to have to happen for you to get qualified? There is no thing. So we got to find out what God has said. And we're set. Will you have to dig a little? Uh, probably. Will you have to get context? Absolutely. 
Don't be just finding one verse and saying, I found a verse. You can find a verse that says pray for the dead if you just want to twist it and turn it and all that sort of stuff. You can take two scriptures and, and it says that uh, 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 Judas hung himself and then it, another verse says go and do likewise. So you, you, can, you can make anything up if you, if you want to just get a doctrine. But find it, find it out of, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established. So find it twice, find it two times and then put it in context. Reference the verses before, reference the verses behind so that you don't get some weird thing going where you're you're making it say what you can make the Bible say anything you want to if you're reckless. But we're not. We want to verify that what the Lord said is what the Lord said. And so we do. So what's wrong with this statement? God is not going to meet. Uh, God, excuse me. God is going to meet every need. What's wrong with that verse, that saying that? Ah, it's already done. He's not going to anything. If we're waiting on the manifestation, if we're waiting on God to do something that he said, I've already done it. Jesus went to the cross. He came down from the cross. He got put in the grave. He rose from the dead, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. There is nothing left for him to do. He's done it. It is finished. It is done. So he already has. So the question is always, always, do you believe it now? It's never the word. It's never, well, I don't know about this word. Sometimes you just can't never tell what God's going to do. Sure you can. It's in the word. Sure you can. We always, always, with every, with all certainty, we know what God's going to do. We know. He, he's hidden nothing. He's put it out there, and then he put it out there in several plan, uh, places and verified it Old Testament to New Testament. He verified the new from the old. You can get a witness in so many things. So uh, I have is what God wants us to say. Instead of God's going to. There is no God's going to. You are not in faith when you say God is going to. I'm waiting on the Lord. That's not how it works. And we know this. I, all of us know this, but we all need to be. We all need to comb our hair every morning. It's kind of combed in one side and not so much on the other. We comb it all. So every day we look pretty, pretty as we can. And that's what we got to do with the word. We got to bring it back in and and uh, uh, put it in our life. Philippians 419. What does it say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, no, no. That's 13. Excuse me. 19 is my God shall excuse me. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What does our present position in life at any point at any, at any avenue in your life, uh, just got off work, going to a new job, going to cash out your pension. What does any position that you could have in life have to do with this verse? Nothing. Nothing. Because he supplies all your need. And you're coming in and you're going out. The thing about the New Testament is, from the Old Testament is that there's no curse in the New Testament. Jesus took our curse. You read Deuteronomy and you get a little, get a little anxious over there in Deuteronomy. You know, macaroni over there, it's, uh, 
it's not good. But Jesus bore all of them. So there's no curse in the news. So there's no downside. He gave us his word and said, everything's going up. Everything's better. Everything's increased. Everything is just like you like it. So here we are in, in uh, Romans 4. Let's, let's look and let's go to another verse. Let's go to verse 18. Well, let's read all 17. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. Who's, here's two attributes of God. Who quickeneth the dead, raises the dead, and calls things which be not as though they were. So that's what we do. We don't measure it by our eyes or the report or our experience or what we heard or how we feel. We don't measure it by that. That's, that's, a, that's an invalid measurement. So we just call things like the word says and we'll always be right. We'll always be right. We'll never miss it when we call things that be not as though they were. We'll never miss it. We'll never be awful. Yeah, he's off a little bit. He's saying things that, you know, it ain't true. He, he's saying stuff that's just not there. But he's saying what the word says. Have y'all been chastened right yet? Hallelujah. I, I, I have been. Hallelujah. So in verse 19, it says, uh, well, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope. Against natural hope, he believed in supernatural hope, the word. What was the word? The, the father in Genesis told him, he said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. The sand of the sea. The star. He, he was explicit about it. That was the word of the Lord. That's as much as a promise to, uh, to Abraham as the word of God is a promise to you and me. By his stripes ye were healed. That's a promise. No different, no different than God saying to Abraham, I'm going to do it. I know mama's a little tired and cranky, but uh, she's going to giddy up here and we're going to have kids. Amen. That's the Michael version. Hallelujah. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Now, here's the question. Have you ever considered? Of course you have. Everyone considers. Everyone looks at the problem, finds the promise and says, "Woo! there's a promise that fixes my problem. But then there's the next step, the next breath, the next blink is what if? Or how? Mostly it's how. How can this thing be? We can't consider. Abraham did not consider. He considered not his own body. Now, he may have considered, you know, where are we going to put the little kid? Or he may have put, you know, uh, what are we going to use for food? Or whatever he was doing, he considered. But he wasn't considering his own body. It says, it, it, uh, he considered not his own body. So, Faith considers not. Do what you want. Have it your way. Plan your own life. Go your own track. But if you want to do it like Abraham did it, who did it like God did it, you'll consider not. You'll have to steady yourself a few times. Because you'll get that report and you'll believe you receive and you'll have people pray for you and this, that, and the other. And doggone, if you might not go back to the doctor and he said, my Lord, it's got bigger. It's worse. It's not as good as I thought it was. So what do you got to do right then? What do you got to do right then? Okay, well, let's read the word. He considered not. What do you got to do? Consider not. 
You got to consider not. Because you can't consider both things. You'll be double-minded. You can't have both. Well, I'm going to go both ways with God. I'm going to split it halfway, see what I can get out of him. You won't get anything. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from God, James 1 says. So uh, when you consider, what do you do? What do we do when we consider? We, th we think. And it's a known axiom in the world that whatever you think about gets bigger. You think positive, hey, money cometh. I got this. The promises are working in my life. It gets bigger in your life. It's harder to talk you out of it. But if you get to considering about what if this thing kills me? The doctor said this and that and all that. You're going to have this and you're not going to be able to do that. Well, whatever you think about gets bigger. Suddenly you can find witnesses that say, yeah, I had an uncle that, yeah, his wasn't as bad as yours. And he, he keeled over dead as a hammer. All these helpful people are out there. So considering is creating. We're, we're creating worry or faith. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, take no anxious thought saying. Because whatever you get to thinking about is eventually going to make it up to the mouth. And you're going to say it. And saying is creating. Take no anxious thought saying. Uh, so you're going to get single-minded or double-minded. Well, the single-minded can only go one way. Stay on single or be double-minded. You might say, I'm confused. How come this isn't working? I'm waiting on a manifestation. I'm, I'm, I'm repenting of everything I can think of to make this thing work. That's a common antidote, so-called, to a delay of some kind. I'm, 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 I'm going and calling people that I hadn't thought of in years and saying, I'm sorry. And they're going, get down. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll just, I just got to get rid of everything. Uh, people say my situation is special. You've never seen a situation like mine. Fixed it all. Fixed it all. You don't have a special situation. You don't have a unique thing. You don't have a, a, a problem that uh, God says, golly, that is a big one. That is a bad one. That's a man. If I'd have known that was there, I'd have wrote a little more. I'd put a chapter in Hezekiah or something like that. That's not it. Verse 20, it says, he staggered not. He, say it with me. He staggered not. Again, he staggered not. Staggering not comes from considering not. If you consider... Eventually, you're going to stagger. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Well, staggering and considering is unbelief. What did he do, though? But was strong in faith. The word there in the Greek is strengthened. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. Thank God. It, it, it's, it rejoices over the promises. What, what's the rejoicing over the promises? They worked. Well, how do you know they worked? They worked. They worked and they're working. So I'm rejoicing. Thank God I'm healed. 
That, that thing was nasty before I got in faith. Praise God. Praise God. One thing about it we need to note, or we could note. Uh, well, let's read verse, uh, let's see, where am I? I don't even know where I am here. Verse, verse 21. And being fully persuaded. Now, that's handy. Being fully persuaded is handy. How do you get fully persuaded? You're going to have to live in the life. If you want the life to come in, you've got to live in the life. You can't just get you a scripture promise out of the box or, or, or dial a prayer and them say, oh, I'll pray this. You can go a little ways, but you won't go very far. You've got you to live in this. Say, live in the word. That's what it is. You go, I don't want to do that. Well, then die young. Hurt all night and all day. I mean, that's ugly. That's terrible. But that is the cost, living the word. But if you don't live in the word, you're going to spend the same effort living in the world. Doctor to doctor and medicine to medicine and trouble to trouble. And, and then, you know, well, I can't tell that story, but it was quite a story I had. Hallelujah. Verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. Uh, the Amplified says he was fully satisfied and assured that God was able, this is Amplified, and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. Please God. How, how hard is it to attribute he can do it to God? You know, your neighbor, your kin folks, your, your, your boss or something, you might go, I don't know. He's a little touchy. But this is almighty God. And Abraham had visited with him. God came down and said, hey, this is how it's going to be. And even then he got off with Hagar, didn't he? I mean, even then, even that, face to face with God, the angel of the Lord, it was the Lord. And he still blew it up in a, in a sense. But we've got the word. And we've got each other. Abraham didn't have anybody. He was alone. And alone's not good. Two is better than one. And we've got each other. So we're strengthened by his might in our inner man. We, 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 we get weak. We, we call. We, we get with someone. Say, pray for me. Get, I, I'm weak. And, and we're, ex, we're exhorted and we're strengthened by the, the brethren. We've got that. If there's a time lapse, if there's a, a space between when you believe you receive when you pray and when the thing finally just does what it's always been there doing, you call somebody. The word even says, is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Anoint him with oil. The prayer of faith will save, save the sick. And if he's committed any sins, they will be forgiven. There's, there's answers. Because sometimes you're so close in the struggle, the crisis has got you. There's a grip on you. And you need somebody that, that's not in pain, that's not got a prognosis, that can go through that and, and reach in and pull you out. And a lot of people are in churches that they don't have anybody. I talk to elders and deacons of churches all the time, and they are so clueless. I had a puppy one time that knew more than some of them. I'm telling you, good dog, but still. But, but that's not us, y'all. Oh, the clock, the clock. Uh, I wrote down here to stagger is to waver or differ in the sense or thinking realm. 
That makes sense. It's your head. It's not your faith. It's your head. Your head's just taking in all this information. That's what it's designed to do. But you've got to control your head. You've got you to control. You've got to renovate your mind so that it, it can't go off to the farm and go off to the ranch and go off down the street and just do whatever it wants to. You've got to tell it, you're staying here, mind. You're staying here. We're staying in the Word. We're staying in church. We're not going to be mad at God and run off and quit church because God didn't do what He said He'd do. Amen. So the truth is, if, you're, if your answer comes from the seen realm, medically, you know what that means. Financially, you know what that means. Then you're going to have to have some knowledge, some experience. You're going to have to know some folks. Because you're in a trouble. You're in a cesspool. You're in a quicksand. You're in a, you're in a pig pen. And you've got to have someone pull you out. But if your help is not going to come from the seen realm, it's going to come from the unseen realm, then we have to be able to see into the seen realm. We've got to be able to believe this. This is life. And we've got we to be able to put ourselves into this life and see what he's saying. First of all, he says, I love you. This is not a tricky, tricky. I love you and I'm going to do what I say because I love you. I gave Jesus for you in particular. Eight billion of them all said, we're not, we're not having any of that Jesus thing. But you said, I want him. I sent him to the cross just for you. It's that weighty. It's that extreme. It's that committed. And so once we say, well, he does love me, he would do anything for me. I mean, even I, even I, just, just married five years, I would lay down my life for my wife. Wouldn't flinch. I've already made that commitment, already told her, I'm, I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to stay in faith, I can tell y'all. Ah, amen. But what, what, what happens when you say, you, you, you want to believe the word, but you say, but the doctor said, well, that's famous. That's famous. The doctors always said they're not looking into the unseen. They're looking into the charts and graphs and the, the tube and the, and the analysis and their colleagues. And they're looking they're, We pay them. The insurance company pays them to look. And then they are required to come and tell you we looked and here's what we saw. So the doctor said it'll always be that way. It'll never be different than that. So it's never up to that. You got to decide. And here, here I, I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but on the other hand, everybody's got their feet out there in the aisle. So here we go. You got to make up. I've got to make up my mind whether I want to believe the doctor is infallible and more able to keep his word than God is to keep his. Have you ever heard of, seen a movie where they came in and said, I'm sorry, ma'am, we did all we could, but it just didn't work. Have y'all seen those movies or been, actually been, by, been in that said, man, we gave it the old shot. I'll tell you, my father-in-law, Kenneth, y'all remember Kenneth? He came out here all the time. He loved grandkids. He'd come out here and take them to Toys R Us. That's the first thing when they saw, when they saw Grand Grand, they said, Toys R Us, Toys R Us. 
Well, he came out here one time when we had the healing center. He had leukemia. He had blood cancer. And they said, well, we're going to try this experiment. Do you want to do it? And she said, sure. And uh, he was getting transfusions all the time. He came out here and y'all, not me, y'all prayed for him, laid hands on him and spoke to that thing. And booger boy, he went home and the doctor said, what happened to you? And he said, well, I went out and got prayed. Well, it's amazing. It's all gone. It's all done. It's finished. He said, well, then I can go home. He said, oh, wait a minute. This thing could come back. And, they, and so he stayed in it. And I think, this is my personal opinion, which means zero, but I think they burned up his body putting this stuff in after he was healed. Now, there was nothing to fix. There was nothing to cure. There was nothing to treat. I don't know how it works, but I know that he didn't last long after that. But the doctor said he was healed. So this is kind of complicated. It's kind of like, well, what do you do if it's this and I've got this situation and I've got that situation? Well, that's the way it'll always be with everybody. We have a body and this body is a part of the earth. The earth is cursed. And all we can do is make the spirit man on the inside affect the outer man so much that it looks like and acts like the inner man more than it does the dirt. We're made out of dirt and it wants to go back to dirt. And so you will not escape it. You'll never say, well, I got healed and I'll never be sick again. You know, that's what we would like to do. And, and you can. You can live in divine life and do that. But you're going to have to press. You will always have to stay in faith. Whew, finally got that thing shook off. I, I don't have to live by faith anymore. It's kind of like I don't have to make house payments. I got my house paid for. Well, the taxes and the insurance are coming. <laughs> so it's never like free indeed there. Ah. Uh, well, we'll just quit there. I will say this. Uh, verse 22. Let me, I'll, I'll do it there. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Is it because Abraham was righteous? Easy, easy. What did he do to Sarah when they went down to Egypt? What did he do to Sarah? Y'all, he put her out for hire. He was righteous, not in his righteousness, but he was perfect in his faith. And the Lord imputed to him righteousness because of his faith, not because he was such a good boy. I mean, he said, you go out there and We'll just pretend you're a single woman. You are naughty. You are naughty. And then the whole Hagar thing. But anyway, isn't it good to be in faith? Isn't it good to be healed, whole, and healthy? Isn't it good? Isn't it wonderful to be full, supplied, and wealthy? Say that word with me wealthy. Ah, River Church, you're going to have to come off of this that you say, I want to have my, pay, my bills paid, but I want to be no wealthy. Well, who's going to fund the kingdom around here? Oh, the wealthy. Well, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. So if you don't come and give it out of your wealth, 
we're going to have to go plunder the Egyptians. And that's been done before, hasn't it? Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. You are so sure about yourself that we are convinced as well. Thank you, Father, thank you that you took care of everything. You did not send us to college on a train and not send us equipped. You sent everything we need to live in this life. Everything you provided, every angle, every, every possibility. There's just nothing here that we're facing that you didn't see ahead and take care of. So we relax. We relax tonight knowing that you're on guard. You're on station. You're there. You're, you hadn't left us out with the wolves. You, you, you have well taken care of us. And we just repent of the lies that we've so-called said by implying you didn't do your job. Father, we are sorry. And we say, I repent. Lord, I repent for, for implying that your word wasn't enough. Implying that Jesus was insufficient. That he, was, uh, he, he fell short. Lord, forgive us. Lord, we're back on track. We're back on track. I'm back on track. Let's all say it. I'm back on track. We're on track. We're on track. We're on, we're on the faith track. That's who we are. That's who we are. It's not what we do. It's who we are. And therefore, who we are, that's what it does. So, Lord, I thank you right now for receiving us. All is forgiven. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And we are the healed. And we are the supplied, and it will not ever be different than that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wasn't that good? That was good.